0: Right, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, Special welcome for visitors uh, today. Uh, We've had quite a lot of people. uh, Regulars are off on, I guess, holiday or just haven't woken up yet. So it's great to see that their space has been filled with uh, lovely visitors. So and people returning. uh, It's uh, it's really good to see you all. Uh, We really hope you enjoy the Sunday. And um, please check out uh, the rest of our sermons online and uh, be encouraged and equipped great so we are in the our series in the gospel of Mark today and it's a, it's the third week we're doing this uh, if you want to catch up on the last two talks from Alex and Connor great talks please check out our, our YouTube page so just to bring you up to speed where we're at so we've had the, John the Baptist he was uh, prophesied about by the prophet Ziah some like 700 years ago before this happened and then he is preparing the way for the promised Messiah and John is offering the baptism of, of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and a lot of people are coming flocking for this baptism and does, does, does he keep, keep the glory for himself? No he, gets, he says there's one much greater than I is going to come and he'll baptise you with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not even worthy to to do up his to untie his his sandals. It's interesting how, how Jesus later on then says that that John the Baptist is uh, is no one's greater than John the Baptist, and John the Baptist saying I'm not worthy to be his slave. Wow. Um, so in verse ten. Um, uh, of Mark you haven't got that on your sheets so I'll read it out. Uh, this is uh, about Jesus' baptism. So Jesus walks on to the scene the promised messiah. He steps into the scene and just as Jesus was coming out of the water he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my son whom I love with you I am well pleased. Alex uh, mentioned this uh, two weeks ago. I just want to expand on this point, because I think it's quite amazing um, that uh, the same wording is used here and at the end of the gospel. So you have um, Jesus coming out of the water, and then this, the heaven has been torn open, and then you have God the Father saying, "This is my son." At the end of the gospel, you have it on your sheets, so kind of supplement kind of verses. Mark 15, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. So not, not coming out of the water now, he, he breathed his last. And then the, the, the curtain of, of the temple is torn in two to symbolise that there is now no more separation between, between sinners and, and a holy God, that Jesus has made a way, access into heaven. Jesus died once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God and then they have a testimony of a centurion saying surely this, this man was the son of God. So you have this first breath out of the water, you have the, the last breath of his life, you have heaven being torn open, sin is, again. is this, is this, can I get there, can I, is, it, is there a way for me, is, is the kingdom of God coming, is there access? And at the end of, of, the, of the gospel, you have, yeah, there's access, right, for repentant sinners. And then you have testimonies at the start and end. This is the Son of God. Pretty amazing. But after Jesus was baptised, there was no time to get dry, no time to go to locket, to get your towel, get your sandals back on. The Spirit led him away to the wilderness, straight away, immediately, it says. And was tempted by Satan to which he triumphed over. Then Jesus starts proclaiming the good news, the time has come he said the kingdom of God is near repent and believe in the good news. Then he calls his four disciples and he makes his way to Capernaum where we start our passage which reminds me of basically this passage kind of reminds me of of a teacher teaching a class. All the, all the students are pretty amazed by the teaching. And you get one kid, he just, just starts shouting his mouth off. And uh, the teacher says, be quiet, get out. That's basically what we're going to see today. I mean, so far, we've had God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son. You've had uh, heaven, you've had Satan, you've had angels attend uh, Jesus after his temptation in the wilderness and now we have demons. There's a battle going on guys, there's a battle. It's a big battle, it's a battle for the souls of sinners. And Jesus is winning, Jesus is winning by miles. It's like when you see uh, on the on the kind of 10,000 uh, meters uh, race or the like other day. It's quite funny because you have these like winners that are so far ahead of everyone else And the winners and there's like someone like but on the finish line there's basically someone nearly like on the same like nearly up with him You're thinking what are you sure he's winning because it looks like there's someone else No that person's getting lapped Satan has been lapped in the wilderness lapped, 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 lapped again. In fact, he was disqualified from the start of the race. Jesus is triumphant, he wins. And we see this in this this passage that Jesus wins, he overcomes uh, um, the dark forces. Because if God's kingdom is gonna come down, he has to overcome the current ruler, Satan. Jesus is amazing. Did you agree with that? Jesus is amazing? I say the word amazing quite a lot. Everything's amazing. I don't know if you've noticed that about me and my wife. We say amazing a lot. Everything's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I looked at my WhatsApp, like, I searched like, like the word amazing on my WhatsApp. I'm like, whoa! I say amazing a lot. And so do you, babe, and so do some people in this church, actually. I won't point out, but we say amazing a lot. And a lot of my friends say amazing. I looked online the other day like, you know, is this word a bit overused? Uh, And a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's overused, all right. It's really just used for celebrities and millennials. And um, I don't care, you know, uh, and there's there's even a Facebook group saying, amazing, the most overused word in the English language Facebook group. I mean, they've got 406 members. We have 53 subscribers on a YouTube page. So, I mean, they're not going to change the world and uh, hopefully we will. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I say amazing a lot. Things are amazing to me. So, you know, it won't be surprising that in, 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 the, in the title today is Be Amazed at Jesus' Authority and Submit to Who He Is. Be amazed at Jesus' authority and submit to who he is. That's what I want you to to go away with. If you don't remember the rest of the talk, take home that. Let's dig into that. So first, first point, be amazed at Jesus' authority to teach. Verse 21, on your sheets, they went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. The People were amazed, see, at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as teacher of law. You kind of think, first, first thing you think about here is like, well, how did Jesus like, just start speaking? Like, you know, like, just like, he's like no, it's like, no, it's like Connor saying, get out of here, let me talk, you know. Well, did he also open mic night? What happened? Well, actually, at that time, uh, it would be very common that visiting teachers would be invited to talk. Okay, so has Jesus already got a reputation for for teaching? Yes, he does, yes, so he he went around and saying uh, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. So he was known as a teacher and they saw him and they were like, yeah, go ahead. So that's why he's teaching and it's noted that he was teaching with authority And they were amazed. Now, amazed, actual meaning of amazed, maybe not the way I use it all the time, is uh, overwhelmed, to be (gasps) panic-struck. To drive out one's senses by a sudden shock. (gasps) That's like really amazed. That's That's physically, oh my goodness. That's not like, oh, this coffee's amazing. This is, whoa. What has happened here? It was teaching with authority. What does that mean? Taught with authority. Not using notes? Well, I've screwed up already. Is it uh, teaching with passion? Is it teaching on a big stage with an Apple logo behind you or a or Ted's logo? What's teaching with authority? Well, in the text, let's go to the text first. Uh, it says not as teachers of the law. He taught not like teachers of the law. In those days teacher of the law would just recite what other teachers of the law said. Playing it safe, yeah. And that's what Alex, uh, Jim, Jim uh, uh, Helpfully uh, showed me that on our, on our GC group the other week. That that's what Alex does, right? So he recites what other preachers have said and so he goes around, that's how he prepares talks. He listens to a whole wealth of good biblical teachers around the world and he condenses his knowledge and he just gives us a whole lot of, a world of wisdom basically. And we just, we just receive that, hopefully with joy. Great, that's, that's fantastic. But Jesus didn't have to have confirmation of any other sources. He was the authority. He was teaching truth and he is authority of, of truth. So authority means to give orders. There was a firm application of that teaching. Firm application. It wasn't a mere suggestion. When Jesus taught, it cut to people's hearts. It was up to them whether they were going to change and repent or turn around, but it cut to everyone's hearts as it does ours. It cuts their hearts. It was a conviction of truthfulness. They were also amazed at this teaching because it was new. Verse 27. What is this? A new teaching and with authority. Now Mark doesn't write what the teaching is. Helpfully. Great, thanks Mark. Now Mark, I think he wrote his gospel in a rush. Uh, maybe I had a <laughs> somewhere to go the next day. or was about to board a flight or something. I've got to get this done. But like, yeah, he's, he leaves. He has lots of actions, but he leaves the quite a lot of like details out which is it's it's fine we've got the other Gospels but but actually we can actually make a quite good assumption of what the teaching was I mean I would I'm gonna make a stab it's not far off not far off the time has come the kingdom of God is near repent and believe the good news not far off that and that's new all right they're now not looking forward to uh like fulfillment of messianic prophecies That they're not it sounds like the kingdom of god is here it sounds like the messiah is here the one who's going to redeem us yeah that's what it sounds like and it's definitely new it sounds like god's kingdom's here and if the kingdom's here the king is here as well and the king is here to put everything in order and give us a taste Of God's kingdom, what that looks like. So what's application for us here so far? Be amazed for the first time at Jesus teaching or once again. Be amazed for the first time or once again. Remember when you first read scripture for the first time Maybe when, after this, uh, God's Spirit, uh, you believed and God's Spirit dwelled in you and was able to teach you and, and help you understand what what this meant, I just and God opened your eyes, reading the Sermon on the Mount for the first time. I was like, what? I remember. Times in my life when, when I was in two thousand six, was reading that for the first time, like on public transport, and I I was, I was amazed. I I was shocked out my senses. I got to put that down. Really, I guess. I guess a concern is that we, well, you know, after you know, twenty years, we, we. we might have we might have had 20 years of sermons. We might have read the Bible, you know, a good couple of times on the Bible in the year, a good couple of times. Yes, it's amazing, but it's a little bit muted now. We don't have that <gasps> shock anymore. Sometimes we've got to read just to get it done. God got prepared GC group. Okay, okay, what's this mean? Okay, right, okay. And there's the, there's a the concern. It doesn't amaze me. It might not amaze me. I'm mean, going get in kids church. Five and four, five-year-olds and four-year-olds saying, oh, we know this one. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Great. Um, hmm. John Piper puts it, uh, familiarity crowds out curiosity. Crowds out curiosity. It slowly stiffens necks, harden hearts and deafens. ears. sad isn't it? Memorising it, I mean, uh, let's just first go to a a verse which I think would hopefully help, Uh, Proverbs 22, hopefully it's on your sheets, pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise, apply your heart to what I teach. For it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. What were we singing today? Oh, so the first about, um, I even said it uh, in a prayer um, about our hearts. Our hearts be blessed be your name. What was it? For that? Yeah. Yeah. My heart would choose to to say, my heart would choose to say that this is true, (laughs) that this is amazing. My heart would choose. (sighs) I mean, memorize it, meditate on just a verse. Just give yourself, don't try, maybe, not, maybe, maybe now is not the season, just try to read the Bible in the year. Maybe it's just time for you just to, just to have one verse that you memorise one week and just meditate on it and just love Jesus on it. Live the teach now, see it in action. I mean, that's what, that's what the word, word is, right? It, it's, it should be for action. Jesus, Jesus said, if you practise these words of mine, you'll be like a house, you'll be like a house that built, uh, The house that built, I'm saying this wrong, that, that your foundation will be like a rock, right? So, <laughs> the word of God is meant to be a rock to ourselves, our whole being, it's, it's meant to be, a, it's, it's a seed that grows, that go, goes into your heart and grows into a harvest. It's meant to be a lamp to our feet in a dark world. Live it out You'd be amazed and be amazed by it. Let us never have a quick answer to the words that hold eternal life. When, we, when we're studying together, we're grappling over the text, we're working out what this means let's let's never have just a quick answer yeah that that's it means that come on let's move on let's never have a quick answer to it let's just be amazed be curious once again there's no harm being curious what does this mean you might have thought about this for 15 years and got answers for 15 years but what does this really mean wow be amazed be curious be like a child over it Second point, uh, be amazed at Jesus' authority over evil. So if Christ is going to come to establish his kingdom, he has to overcome the current ruler, Satan, right? He's done it in the desert, in the wilderness, and now he's going to do it here in this synagogue for public display. Verse 23, Just then a man in the synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, same, same word as demon, cried out, what do you want with us Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. What do you want with us Jesus of Nazareth? In the King James Version, It says, says, let us alone, what do we have with you? We've got nothing in common. I don't want saving, I, I I don't care about redemption, I don't care about the good news, we have nothing in common. Leave us alone. But Jesus had something to do with them, that to show his power over them. To deliver this man out of Satan's grips, and later that day just to deliver a whole load more women and children out of the saints' grips. Maybe children came later on but there was a, a whole host of people, various ages and sexes, possessed by demons. Have you come to destroy us, the, the demons said. It, this is similar to chapter 5, we see this repeated demons are saying are you you gonna come destroy us? Are you you gonna destroy us now? Is it gonna happen now? Um, They know the battle's on right? They know it's gonna happen. They know that um, the king is here and he's gonna get things in order and and that would mean that God is gonna judge them and throw, throw them in the lake of fire. They know that that's their fate is it going to happen now? I love in South Africa they have a different terms of uh, of when things are going to happen. It's uh, you can have right now, now now, or just now. And it's it's really confusing. It's really confusing if you're there and you've got no idea. But right now means uh, it, it's right, It's happening right now. It is actually right now. Okay. Is it now now? Is uh, it will happen shortly. And uh, just now, it's it's in the near future. So, so the, the demon's like, it's going to happen, just, just leave us alone for a bit, let, help us, just let me just like be here for longer and, and be in these people. And Jesus is going to, right now, he is going to overcome this demon and then just now, in the near future, he will overcome completely and they'll be thrown in the lake of fire. They know where they're ending up. There's no confusion about that. Number four. So the demon says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Yeah, they do. They, uh, they've known him since they were dwelling in heaven as angels before worshipping him. And then after their rebellion kicked out, They've known him from the beginning that Jesus created them. Jesus created them read Colossians 1. All things have been created through him and and for him. They were for him. Now they rebelled against him and now they're for him in the sense that um, he's going to show his authority and power over them. I know you're the Holy One of God. I mean both in his divine nature. So, as, as, as the son of God, they know that, that Jesus is holy, uh, through the, the son of man being born of a, of, a, of a virgin so he's not stained from original sin. That he went through the wilderness for 40 days and, and, and remains sinless. He is the Holy One of God, they know he's the Holy One of God. Closely referred to a Messiah, it's, it's very close, they're, they're basically saying you're the Messiah. And throughout the throughout most of the start of Mark they're all saying we know who you are we know you, who you are. So pulling out a bit in Mark on Mark 1 you have God the Father voice declaring you're my son and now you have the dominion of darkness calling out Jesus true identity. And reading through the, 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 the book, of, book of Mark, you have the Pharisees don't know who he is. The scribes didn't know who Jesus was. People didn't know who Jesus was. Disciples didn't know who he was. In fact, when, 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 when Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves on the boat, what did the disciples say? Who is this? It only gets to a pivotal point in the Gospel in, in, uh, in Mark 8, When Jesus says, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And then it kind of goes off in another direction. Bingo, they've got it, they're the Messiah. But up until then, the only people who knew who he was was God the Father and demons. And it's an important question for all of us to know and to answer truthfully is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? So how did Jesus respond to this uh, claim that he's the Holy One of God? Be quiet, says sternly. Come out of him. Why be quiet? Why? Wouldn't you just want them to know? just you know tell everyone make everyone believe quicker three possible um, reasons why well he didn't want that message to be publicly known publicly known just yet or he might be attempting to prolong his uh, ministry like outside basically you know literally crowd control it's just a practical thing or he didn't want the demons to be his spokesperson didn't want them to do his uh his public relations no and it would only feed into the idea that that jesus was driving out demons by the power of satan so there are a few ideas why he said be quiet and he wouldn't allow any of the demons to speak some some got a a word in edgeways I'm just unable to announce you're the Son of God but not here. So, So Jesus drives out the impure spirit, come out of him, the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out with him with a shriek. So what's the result? What happens? Well, the people are amazed by this. They're amazed by it. They ask each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with, and with authority, he gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly all over the region of Galilee. Now, if you were in that synagogue that day as well, on that, on that Saturday afternoon or morning, you too would be amazed. You really would be amazed, wouldn't you? You'd be like, I mean all he said was come out of him and the and the, and, the, and the demon came out did you see that did you hear the shriek of the demon did you hear what jesus said before that teaching was incredible i've never heard that have you heard that have you heard that it was amazing wasn't it, it really cut to my heart wow that jesus is a really good speaker don't you think yeah really good speaker the people are amazed and what happened if, pe- if you're amazed by something what happens news spreads quickly you should you want to share like when I when I hear about a good coffee shop I go. you've got to go there I something good happens if I go to a good play you've got to go there so news spread about him really quickly over the whole of Galilee and then you'll see next uh, next week that basically Jesus has this really long day like it's, sometimes you just like you, if you read like like gospels like like kind of start to finish or like big chapters at the time. You see, well, that was all in one day. So after this, like he like heals lots and lots of people, lots of various diseases, and he drives out lots of demons. All in this one long day. It's like, whoa, whoa. So what is the application for us? Now, as like a, a wannabe expository preacher, it's very important for me to get it right, and let the application be driven from the real reason why Mark wrote this to his first readers. Like that's that's what you want. That's what I want. Um, and that's what I, I try, and uh, we try, Connor tries, Alex tries all the time. Make this accurate as possible. Okay, and make this faithful as possible to the to the text. I see three possible ideas here. Okay take it or leave it okay. Firstly I would say it's kind of definitely the safest bet okay is that from this account if you were just reading Mark 1 for the first time not even a Christian yet you would read Mark 1 you would see well um, up till now you'll see that Jesus brought his kingdom onto earth and that evil has no place in it, it cannot reign anymore. You would understand that Jesus is the Son of God. You would re- really understand it by now that Jesus is the Son of God. The promised Messiah. And so that, with that, under- with that understanding, what would you do? Well, you would want to be on the winning side, right? Yeah. You would want to believe the good news. That's what I reckon the first readers of Mark would be up against. So, but yeah, okay, great. Jesus wins. Yeah, I want to be on that team. I believe the good news. This sounds great. Repent and believe. Second option is this. Be like the people in the synagogue. And be amazed at Jesus' teaching. His teaching, his authority over evil. And let that amazement sink into your hearts. So much so that it's just on your lips and the news about him will spread quickly because you just can't help it. You can't help but speak. You can't help it. And this other d- the other day I was walking around the park. I, I, I do laps around Stratton Common from like 5.30 to 7.30 to give my wife a break and I'm just like walking around and i was reading scripture and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I just got just hit by how great God was. And there was these people just like sitting on the bench and they've been... They, they're not up early, they're, they're out late. And I'm like, oh my, God. I was walking, I was like, just gonna have to talk to them. Just gonna have, I can't, there's no, there's no way around it. Like, this is, this can't, it just has to come out. And so I just, just, just tell them good news about Jesus. What One's saved, one's not, one's like, and they've got like different ideas here and there. And I just start preaching to them. And God just gave me this opportunity it was, um, but it's because it was on my heart <laughs> and it was because I was amazed and I was just like, ah, it's a natural thing. Sometimes when people, would, when we would do street evangelism, the idea of that, at that moment when you hear about it, it's going to happen on Tuesday, who wants to come? You're like, nah, nah, I'm not. I've got something to do. Yeah, Because you're not amazed, you're not amazed, you've got nothing to say, you've got nothing, nothing that needs to come out. Third is a continuation of the second idea. Amazement should lead to repentance and submission to Christ. I'll say it again. Amazement should lead to repentance and submission to Christ. Okay, the reason why I say that. If we zoom out, we see the fate of Capernaum, where Jesus is right now, where the synagogue is, where these people are amazed. Right? We see the fate of it. Matthew 11, it's on your sheets I believe, Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed, maybe it's not on your sheets, I'll read it. So Jesus denouncing the towns in which most of his miracles had been formed because they did not repent and, and he goes on to list these towns and then he goes, and you Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you'll go down to Hades, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. Sodom's not there anymore, right? Severely judged and, and used as like an example of judgments. But I tell you that it'd be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Well, oh, they didn't repent. That gives you possibly a good idea why the next day after the synagogue, after Jesus drives out a demon and everyone's amazed, disciples find him and what do they say? Uh, come, uh, you know, let, let's, let's do something and then, and then and Jesus says, let's go somewhere else to a nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. Maybe he's saying I've, I've had enough of this place. I mean, there are people, there are accounts of people that seem like, yeah, they won't be judged um, too severely um, who are in Capernaum. You know, you have Cornelius, for example. He had great faith, right? But we can't be assured that like, everyone in Capernaum, yeah, they're saved. So although they are fans of Jesus' teaching, and they're kind of amazed by the overall experience That's a great time. It was just amazing, wasn't it? Amazing doesn't tend to last, does it? I mean, after all, like things like amazing means it's a sudden shock. You can't be suddenly shocked the whole time. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. You can't be in shock. That's not a way to live. You can't be shocked all the time. You can't be amazed all the time. It needs to go somewhere. Amazement needs to lead to repentance, to submission. So are you amazed at Jesus? Well let that lead to repentance, daily submission to Christ as Lord of your life. From the decisions you make, your relationships, your job, everything you own, your bank balance, Your talents, let Jesus be Lord over all of those and let you use everything that you've been given to serve your King. Has it been a while since you've been amazed? Become curious once more. It's not driving in reverse to be curious. Not a backward step, but actually starting the, uh, the engine on again. Pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach for it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart and have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. Thank you. I'm going to end there. I'm going to pray and then open up for questions. We have 15 minutes. Uh, and at quarter two, uh, I'll ask uh, the parents to uh, um, or, or send, a representat- a rep- send someone to, um, to pick up the kids. So pray. Lord, thank you that you are really amazing. Help us to be daily struck by how great you are, that your words have the power of eternal life. Lord help us not to read it in vain like it's a news report on the BBC website, like it's something we have to do. Lord I pray that we can be curious once more and be amazed and that amazement will lead us to repent daily and live in a right relationship with you and knowing that we can't we can't do this with, uh, by ourselves and our lord i pray that this amazement will lead us to proclaim the good news to one another to people we meet for your glory